Welcome to EdTech Examined, a series about educational technology and what you need to know. I'm Eric Christensen. And I'm Chris Hans. So welcome to another episode of EdTech Examined. Good afternoon, Chris, on this mid-month episode. How are you today? Doing awesome. I'm really excited to learn about uh, this new method. You're going to be enlightening me. So as we said in the previous episode, uh, for our mid-month episodes, uh, we're taking a slightly different approach. We are doing a shorter mid-month episode on one particular topic. Uh, that could be a book like we did last time. It could be a, a tool that would be of use to educators uh, rather than doing a full episode with all the segments. So our third Third Tuesday of the month will be our uh, shorter episodes. This is a reminder to our listeners. So are you all ready to learn about the Zettelkasten note-taking method? Well, as you said last time, I'm born ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Okay, so I want to give a bit of a, a preamble. So uh, please, if you have a question, Chris, because I know that you haven't seen this yet, please do interrupt and ask as I go. I've prepared a bit of an outline of what I want to cover. Um, I have a bit of a, a background, why I'm doing this, what the method is, and then I have some examples of uh, tools that would be useful to implement this method. So as a top secret uh, summer project, I was in search of a better uh, way of taking notes. I have tried taking notes. I like to write things down. I think any note taking method, by the way, that works for you, where you can easily retrieve what you've taken notes on is the right method. So I'm not trying to disrupt people's uh, note taking methods, but I was dissatisfied with a lot of note taking methods out there. One of the things, Chris, that I've noticed is that as much as I, I like to handwrite notes and organize things and create indexes and notebooks, there's two problems when taking or retrieving notes. Where are they? So did you put them in a hierarchy or a system that makes sense to retrieve when you need them? And sometimes even if you can retrieve all your notes, it doesn't solve the problem that notes are supposed to solve, which is to overcome the blank page effect. So what I mean by that is, for those who are writing, and I, I'm specifically thinking of students or other people who work in higher education, like myself, academics, librarians, uh, some of us write research papers or write essays, and we try to publish them in, in peer-reviewed journals or we blog. It, it's a writing is a creative endeavor, even if you're reporting on on something that's very uh, sci rigidly scientifically studied you have to you, putting the words on paper is a lot of work. So where people get stuck and they procrastinate, regardless of what they're writing, is that they're, they're, they're confronted with a blank page. It's incredibly overwhelming. So there's a bunch of, of ways to approach this. Um, there's a famous author um, who wrote The Legend of Baker Vance. Uh, he wrote, wrote another book about writing called The War of Art, uh, Stephen Pressfield. He talks about just getting started so not doing too much preparation because that can be procrastination itself. There's all these uh, approaches to overcome this blank page syndrome, writer's block, whatever you want to call it. Um, Note-taking and having 
your ideas jotted down so they're easily retrievable so you have something to work with when you start writing is the whole idea you're not starting from a blank page with nothing if you've been taking notes and doing preparation ahead of time the, the question is how how do you best organize those notes retrieve them and so there's kind of two different ways to start writing you can take a top-down approach which is kind of you know you get all your notes out on paper and then you start with a blank page and you just start trying to putting it to together until it clicks but this summer i was tr trying to find a different method i was like is there a better way to capture notes as well as thoughts so rather than starting from scratch every time i go to write something all i really have to do is kind of put together similar ideas and notes that I've taken on pieces or podcasts or academic articles, and I can kind of pull those in, stitch and stitch them together. I don't, I don't mean that in terms of patch writing, which is semi-plagiarism. You're still creating, you still want to have uh, your own thoughts and your own ideas and give credit where credit's due, but taking kind of a bottom-up approach, how do you piece together the things that you've taken notes on, particularly on the same topic when you want to finally go to write it? So I spent the summer looking at note-taking methods. How to? I, I spent some time reading about information retrieval, and and there's a couple of things that stood out. The human brain doesn't really work like we organize things. So as a librarian, we love to put things in boxes and put them on shelves and categorize them and have search engines and metadata, and it's very satisfying. But the human mind doesn't really work like that. It works more like a web. We have connections to other ideas. So there is a, a method for note-taking called the uh, Zettelkasten method, which I came across this August. And I've been learning about it all August. And I think I've now implemented a system where I can use this robustly. So Zettelkasten is a German word that stands for a slip box or a note box. And it's kind of a method of note-taking as well as knowledge management. And it's most famously uh, introduced by a, a German sociologist, uh, Nicholas Luhnmann. And it's interesting. He, so he would write his notes on sources that he's read, articles, books, his own ideas. And he'd write them on these note cards and put them in note boxes. And he had this crazy system for putting the card, like an index card system, like a recipe card box, and then a, a way to quickly retrieve them. It's this crazy. doesn't really work in this. Yeah, it is. It's super crazy. And it, and it worked in the day and age he, he, he did it. Um, but we can do this digitally now. So the, if you imagine in your mind a note card, so like a recipe card or index card, you pull it out and that has notes on a source. So let's say the card, or maybe there's two cards stapled together and they summarize a particular source. Um, he would actually label each card with a particular index number, and then he would reference the source. Um, and, then, and then he would also have other cards of his own insights, and he would reference other cards. So the, the key to Zettelkasten, regardless if you're doing it in a physical form or a digital form, the whole idea is bi-directional linking. And this is what's a missing component of note-taking. So for those people who are listening, I'm gonna describe this over 
audio, but I have video up and I'm showing Chris some things at the same time. So I have Wikipedia with uh, Zettelcast and up. So I'm just gonna open my Apple Notes. Uh, Apple Notes is a great app. And typically how I would organize notes in the past is that I would have these folders and then I would have things related to the categories I've created. So I have general notes, I have uh, you know blog posts, I have uh, book notes, uh, I have notes from lectures and interviews that I've done. Um, some of these are also handwritten notes that I've imported into Apple Notes. I have a section for you know finances, home, uh, you know organization, Trello board links, all this stuff. But my mind doesn't really work like this. Often when I have to go retrieve a note, I have to go through multiple folders to find like, where did I put that? I know I took notes on X that could fit into multiple categories. Where does it go? So the missing component of these notes apps is bi-directional linking. So I wanna talk about the way that you do Zettelkasten. And then I wanna give some uh, tips to our listeners of how this could be implemented and, and specifically how I've implemented this using the, the, the app Notion, which is free, but there's other ways to do this. So I'm just gonna open Notion because that's where I've taken notes on this particular thing. Out of curiosity, Eric, like with this uh, picture that you showed with the physical Zettelkasten, how did uh, how do you go and you know find the stuff there because like i mean you got all these boxes and sure you can note down so eat well this is kind of a mess i'm sure that uh, nicholas Lin lindman's was a better system than this example i hope the, the image we're showing is just a total rat's nest of cue cards which is just the worst <laughs> example yeah, like, I i'm just thinking i think the way the way the way how you find things is based on bi-directional linking so uh, I, I think I can answer your question, but it's it's very prudent, and I'll 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 answer it by showing a few things. So, Zettelkasten notes is basically a three prong. I hate the word three pronged or two pronged. It's so cliche, but it really is a three pronged approach. There's three kinds of notes you can take, right? So, if you think of, let's say, uh, in our last episode, you talked about. We'll use this as an example. We were talking about Cal Newport's book, A World Without Email, yeah. right? So let's assume that we're using that as our source. As we're reading the book, we may have ideas, notes, that, and, that they, and let's call these fleeting notes. So that's the first prong of the, the three types of notes, right? So fleeting notes are notes that are in the moment. Um, they may be written notes in the margins of books or articles. Uh, they may be pages that you mark. So I'm reading a couple of books right now where I've put sticky um, bookmarks beside the paragraph of the that I find interesting. And often I want to read from that paragraph on a little bit because that that's kind of that idea. And or maybe I've written things down on a scratch pad or I've written them down in a moleskin notebook. These are uh, fleeting notes. The, the key to fleeting notes is, like I said, they come up in the moment and these notes are temporary and will eventually be transformed into something more permanent known as literature notes. So as you're reading a text or a paper or listening to a podcast, you're just writing things down that are of interest. You're noting maybe the page number, the timestamp, whatever you need to go back to it. They're, these are notes that are going to be thrown away at some point. You're not going to keep them necessarily, okay. but they're, they're going to inform the next step. 
once you've read, let's say we've read Cal Newport's book, you've marked the pages. I think Cal like will color the corner of pages so he can flip through to, with a pencil to see which pages he wants to return to. Then what you're going to do is that you're going to review those notes, those fleeting notes that you took in the moment, and you're going to combine them into one or more literature notes. So literature notes is a little bit more work. And these notes are a summary of a particular idea in a source. So despite the name, they can summarize idea from any medium. So it doesn't have to be just literature. And they must be relatively concise, though there's some exceptions to this. And the rule is that ideally that they are, they can be understood in their own context 10 years from now. So let's say Cal Newport talks about the the he talks about email, asynchronous communication. He has this concept of the hyperactive hive mind. You would take a note on the hyperactive hive mind, and you would have to describe what that is. You would have to provide the reference to the book in the note. So his book, where it was mentioned, what that means. And that, and you want to write this literature note, this summary in your own words. You don't want to, unless you have a direct quote that you want to put as part of that note. Okay. Um, that's that's what you do. So you take these, you have these fleeting notes, and then you they they're transformed into literature notes, which become a, which become kind of well, they stay in your notepad or wherever. They're not, I don't want to call them permanent notes because that's the next step, but they are they stay there. So it's developing things in your own words. So that's you can kind of think of that as being an index card. Um, the exception to this that I sometimes make is um, or the alteration is that rather than having one note per idea, so. One way to do this would be, let's say there's five ideas that you took away from Cal Newport's books. You would have, you would create one note for each of those ideas. So that would be five notes and they would all reference the same source, which is his book. Depending on the source, um, I've found that some ideas are also closely linked to the theme of a, a text. This is particularly the case in a book that you could have kind of a bibliographic note you're still creating a literature note, but you would maybe make a note that's several pages long that combines all of the ideas of a book, um, especially if they they kind of belong together. So that's your own judgment. Literature notes in the digital age, I don't think have to fit on a note card. That was the original idea, but we don't have to do that anymore. Then the third type of note are things that aren't going to necessarily come to you. Well, they may come to you while you're reading, um, but they're called permanent notes. And these are not really notes that are uh, ideas that are taken directly from a particular text. They are your own ideas. So maybe you've read all of Cal Newport's books and now you're starting to develop your own interpretation or you're expanding on his ideas. You're Now you're adding your own content from your brain. What you would do is that you would go kind of like a literature note, you would go about writing down your permanent idea, your permanent note in your own thoughts. And then you would reference uh, the literature note, all of the literature notes that are relevant to that permanent note. Does that make sense so far? So you're kind of, you have to put your sources down. All right. So basically you go and compile these permanent notes, but refer back to those literature notes that you took previously. Correct. Correct. Exactly. And in the original system, this is to answer your question, how was he able to find this stuff? He actually, in addition to using the, these three types of notes, he actually had like a numbering system that he developed, like an alphanumeric, kind of like a library, to where they were bi-directionally linked. 
So eventually he would write his own permanent note and he was an academic sociologist. So he would write down his own ideas and then he would say, I got these ideas from these cards and he would write down all of the unique numbers that reference those cards. He would go back to the literature note cards and then he would update them to link them in both directions to the permanent note. So the key to the system is that you backlink. The note, the, the links are bi-directional. And when you do this digitally, it's a lot easier. So the idea is, is that let's say I write a permanent note, I then link back to the literature notes, but ideally my literature notes that I've referenced would also link forward to the permanent note that I created. So you need some sort of system to where things are connecting together. So if you're doing this with index cards, it would be a hell of a lot of work, I yeah, would think. Yeah, for sure. But there's a few ways. The benefit of this system is that you could, and you and I also tag my notes with categories and tags too, right? So the, the benefit of the system is that, let's say I want to write an article on a particular topic. Let's say I want to write an article about, uh, you know, email productivity. Well, if I've read multiple sources on that and I've taken multiple literature notes and maybe I've developed a few permanent notes, all I have to do is go to my tag for email productivity in my notes app and I have everything at my disposal and all of those notes are bi-directionally linked. So I have all of the notes I've taken on sources. I have all of my own ideas. Maybe I even kept some of my fleeting notes uh, as I've gone along. So it's a, the idea is, is that once you build up a collection of these notes and we're always taking notes anyways, so this is just a more robust way of doing it. A, by translating scribbles into something in your own words, those literature notes, you're reinforcing the information and you're, you're improving your memory. And then by developing your own ideas and having them separate, when you go to write something, we can now start to overcome that writer's block or that blank page effect. Because all we have to do is say, rather than start from scratch, we can scan all the notes that are relevant to that topic that we want to write about, and we can start pulling out those sources and those ideas. We can start citing them really quickly. And then as you start writing and stitching and putting those things together, it becomes more of an editing task than a starting from zero. Then you'll probably even come up with new ideas as you go along when you're writing unique things. So the idea is that you're not working from nothing. Yeah. And I take a lot of notes, so uh, I might as well find a way to find them. So. What I've been doing is that I've found, I've been, and I'll, I'll wrap this up fairly quickly because it, it's um, not super intuitive to listen to. I'm going to link in the show notes a couple of ways where people have set this up. There's three main tools, and I'll, I'll show you how I've done it in Notion in a second, but I want to highlight a few of them. So Notion is a really good note-taking app. I think Cal Newport actually maybe uses it. There's a new one that's in beta called that's also free called MEM. These are really good. Again, I haven't really used it that much. They're really good for bi-directional linking. There's one called Obsidian, uh, which is open source. I think it's also free. Again, and you can kind of create like a web of knowledge and you can view all of the sources uh, as kind of a web, which is cool. And then you can also, uh, if you really want to get fancy, there's a paid thing called uh, Rome Research, which is kind of expensive, but it's really popular among investigative journalists and stuff like that who need to connect interviews and cross-reference sources and do things like that. So there's a, there's a few tools out there that do all this bi-directional linking. I'm still kind of um, investigating uh, 
you know, what the best versions of these things are. I'm not really sure. I mean, Obsidian looks cool because it creates like a visual web of all your notes, but it also kind of looks like a programmer interface. It's not as nice. Mem is really cool, but it's almost too simple. So I've, I've gone with Notion. There's a lot of documentation with Notion. Uh, it's on, it's cross-platform and, and it's free unless you want some team stuff, like you can do project management in it and stuff. So I've been using Notion. So essentially what I've done as an example in Notion is that I've set up uh, a few different sections. Um, so when you create a note in Notion, it's cool because you can have these categories. So I have categories for quick notes, personal, I have uh, readings, uh, media, advice, um, permanent notes, so my own ideas, research revisions, all of this stuff, work meetings, all of these things. When you start a note in Notion, you can start a blank note page, or you can actually create a database. And what's really cool about this tool is that you can actually create a master database and you can kind of link notes to this master list. So I'll show you what I've set up here, Chris. This is a... Uh, master tag database. So these are all of the different um, tags that I've randomly set up. So, you know, not uh, a lot of notes in my Notion yet because I'm still migrating from Apple Notes. So I set up this master tag database. You can create different views. Uh, and basically this is just all of the tags that I would use so far to tag my notes. And then I also have these other sections for other notes. So here's a, a section called readings. Readings also has a database attached to it. So I can go into my list view. I can close these. I'm just showing Chris live how this notion works. So I've been reading this book called um, uh, Range, Why Generalists uh, Triumph in a Specialized World. Now, what I've done is that I've put the title, I've uh, customized this, so I have a template so I can include the author, the format, so this is an audiobook. I have the citation. This is a literature note. I've put tags in it, so specialization, expertise, and it's in progress, and you know, main arguments, chapter one, two, three. So I'm gonna have kind of one note on all of the main ideas I learned from this particular book. But what's really cool is that in Notion, you can go in anywhere and you can uh, link to a page and then I could link to other things. So if I wanted to create, let's say down the road, I've read a bunch of books uh, about uh, specialization. I could go create a new note these are my own thoughts, but then I could say, oh, um, but I'm going to link to a new page and I want to link to the book range. And then when I'm writing my note, I'll always be able to say, oh yeah, I'm referencing ideas in this other note that I took. And if it's really cool because if I create a note, I reference a previous page when I go back to the note that I referenced, it will link 
in both directions um, my to my to my new note that I started. So regardless of where I am, if I go to my notes on a particular book, it'll link forward to the ideas I had later. If I go to my new ideas, it will link backwards to my um, my previous. So it's kind of a cool thing. So I could say new permanent note. So the idea is, is that after a while, I'll be able to go to a topic once I built them up and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go to my tag database and I'm going to go, what is everything I really wanted to talk or think I want to start researching something on, on specialization. And then it's going to list all of the notes that are related to that. <laughs> so this is the one I just yeah. wrote new permanent note. And um, you'll notice that in this tag, it's all this, this is a, it says related to, so related to, and then any category that may have a note that has that tag involved. So uh, I hope that makes sense to people. The big takeaway from this is that you want some sort of program or system where you can bi-directionally link. That's that's the whole thing. And I guess the um, other big thing, I, just from, I mean, again, our listeners can't see me or see what you're showing, but uh, it seems like you need to come up with those tags and, you know, maybe do a bit of planning in the first place, just of all the various topics and so, so on. Kind, kind of, kind of. So if I, for instance, the way that Notion works, and I don't know how the other tools work, but if I go to a note and I want to create a tag, I can say, I'm going to create a new tag for Chris hands and then create a new tag for this note. But then if I go into my tags database, uh, Chris Hans has been added. So you can actually add tags on the fly to a note, and they'll also populate the database that it's connected yeah, to. But then you'd have to go back and probably add those tags to those other notes that you've taken in the past that might link to this. If it's if relevant, it's relevant. If, if you wanted to, if it's relevant. I mean, it, it, there's always more you can connect things to. I would say... Uh, with anything that you're using tags for, I wouldn't include more than three. Because what happens is, is a common issue with tags is that if you if you add too many, it becomes meaningless, right? You want to be like, what yeah. is the, the gist of this as much as possible? You have to stick to some sort of category. Um, but it doesn't have to be this complicated. I mean, there's, there's lots of tools. Like I think that mem tool mm -hmm. uh, or obsidian is really easy. You can just, you know, here's a category, personal, take notes, uh, and then you can you can tag things really easily as you create them. I, I haven't worked with all of these, but um, I found this to be really useful because if I go back to my Apple Notes, again I have interesting stuff, but um, it's not necessarily easy to find, or those notes aren't connected yeah. in a, in a web of meaning that's easy. So uh, I don't know how the issue that I'm going to run into that I always run into is how am I going to transition to it? There's always another tool. There's always another thing you can implement. Um, I don't know, for instance, that, so I, I have a bunch of stuff in Apple notes. I share notes with my wife, like, you know, here's how much I've contributed to this investment account or something like that. Just so I, you know, over 
invest. I think there's like a cap, how much you can put into it every year. This is a Canadian thing uh, for our American listeners. And so that's not really relevant to put in this Zettelkasten system because I'm not going to bring up, I don't want to go to a category, uh, you know, to write an article and then see a bunch of personal shit that's, uh, you know, stuff like that. I really want to bring in ideas that are relevant to writing. So I think what I'm going to do is that I'm going to take notes about research and writing related stuff in that system. And then I would still use something like Apple notes. Um, Maybe that's where I put my fleeting notes before I've converted them into something more manageable, or maybe that's where I put things that are, you know, more to do's. I mean, one of the issues I have with these tools is that these tools can kind of kind of become anything in a way. Like they can, they try to shoehorn too much into it. Like the notion is also sold as this project management suite. You can do a bunch of stuff and I don't know how useful that is, but I have found this system of linking notes together really helpful. So anyways, this is, um, this has been my uh, summer project to find a new way to do this. No, that is pretty cool. I mean, right now, like at least yours is kind of maybe you've cleaned it up or what have you, but like I have so many notes in my Apple notes and the only way that I find it is just by searching. Right. And uh, I mean, maybe if Apple wants to pay us a bunch of money, uh, I think, you know, what you've done, all they really would need to do is actually just add in that tag feature and then you'd probably be able to connect the various notes. A tag database and and the ability to do forward slash and then search for any note and then link to relevant notes and have it automatically bi-directionally yeah. populate would be all they have to do. Because Apple Notes has everything else. Yeah. Um, but there's multiple ways to do this. I think also people have asked me, they said, well, why would I also use like a bullet journal? And I have an index system set up there. And there's nothing wrong with that. I use paper notes. I have a, a little Batman pocket-sized moleskin that I use, and I, I have an index. And but you know, I don't keep these notebooks anymore. I don't have like an archive of paper notebooks with you know date ranges on the spine. I just couldn't be bothered. I just shred them and I uh, I digitize the notes that are more relevant. And all of these tools can take attachments, as far as I know. So you can like Apple Notes, I drag and drop handwritten things into. Yeah. So. There's different ways to go about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, it's uh, especially in this day and age, like, I mean, again, maybe we'll have to include a picture to that, like, uh, you know, that mess file, like index card box <laughs> room or whatever. But yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. If, given the advances in, of technology, like this totally makes sense, right? I mean, uh, and I, I like that one, uh, was it Obsidian that was kind of visually? It does look kind of cool with the web, yeah. and that's that's when uh, when you first showed it to me, I'm like, hey, is this a, is this like mind mapping or what what is this? But uh, I see what what you mean. It's kind of in, in using that tool, but once you start uh, going and drilling down, you have all your full on detail. Uh, but I do like the fact that you can visually see the connections that you're kind of making in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. I do like it. I don't know what the best, uh, there's, there's a bunch of these different apps. Um, yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, that Zettelkasten method too is, a. it's a strategy. So there's different ways to do it. And I find one of the problems that I have with these tools, I've been looking at these note apps, Chris, 
some of them look like developer environments. Like they have Markdown, you can just write in full HTML if you want. I'm thinking, I don't want to do that. That's just not helpful, right? Um, it's better to have um, something simple and visual that you can look at. And, you know, maybe, I don't know if you can do tags in Apple Notes. Can you do that? I, I don't think you can, but the, uh, this is where a lot of times uh, I, I, I'm almost maybe I've been kind of doing this Zettelkasten, but not really, where I'll just go and, uh, you know, make like what you're referring to as fleeting notes. And I'll just make sure that I, let's say if it was Cal Newport, I'll put in Cal Newport in there in the physical node. And so mm -hmm. when I'm searching for that node, all the various notes associated with it will show up. But uh, yeah, I mean, it would be nice if there was some kind of that bi-directional link that you can go and, hey, here's all the notes that related to this one topic. And I can see how this would be really useful for, um, especially if you're going to be doing writing or some type of research project, because the last thing you want to do is, um, you know, you're, you're capturing your research, you're doing all your work and yeah, you don't want to get caught in that type of uh, plagiarism issue, right? And it's a matter of writing your own notes, but then you also got to track where you found your information. And I, I think really what is, what you've described is it's much more of a process, whether it doesn't matter what type of tool that you're using, but just the matter of uh, going and changing your process, like having that fleeting note, doing the literature one, then transposing that and creating those permanent notes. And it, logically, it makes sense to me. Yeah, and I, I think um, tagging is coming to macOS Monterey for Apple Notes and the newest iOS updates. Oh, yeah, I think that um, that's right. We were, we, uh, everything's a bit of a blur, but yeah, that was something that they were going to roll out. Yeah, so maybe. Yeah. So, maybe. I mean, it'll it'll work. It's just, I don't, but again, it's that, the, the big thing for me is that bi-directional. I, I don't even think you really have to have a master tag system. I think like, like I'm not even set on using Notion. I'm, you know, it took me so long to set that up. So I'm not trying to sell that as a tool. Like, I don't think it's, it's, uh, it's more like you have to have some way to link back. You want to be able to do a keystroke and say, that brings up a search box that says search for previous notes, be able to search for something, you know, you wrote, and then put that in. So you can insert references quickly, right? Like, so in, in that way, it's kind of like you said, a process, almost like a knowledge management system. I don't know that uh, it's just tags alone is very helpful because then you have to know to kind of look for those tags. And you kind of also want to have a tool where you can do the stuff on the fly. You don't want to have to have some pre-setup. Like I had to spend a lot of time in Notion to kind of think about how I would do that. You know, I'm even just thinking like while we're talking about like tags, like within the Apple environment, there is the ability to add tags to files. So I'm, I mean, you yeah. could maybe what this Zettelcast and you could find a way of almost like hacking your way. I mean, obviously something like Notion or some of these tools are more, um, you know, oriented towards that. But um, I mean, this is one thing that I'll always say. And I mean, we discuss this uh, a lot of times sometimes. Uh, I mean, the best at the end of the day, all these technology uh, platforms, I mean, they're tools, but they're only as good as if you're actually willing to go and spend them. And that's quite often, sometimes the biggest issue is getting people to buy into that change. And uh, especially if you're working in a team environment, just getting people on board. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like why I'm glad that you shared this with me because I've been kind of thinking, 
uh, over the years. And I mean, I always tell my students, especially the ones that are um, uh, in the entrepreneurship side, and uh, I actually have them, I call it an idea bank. And so I have like a, for the longest time, I actually have a physical box where I capture all my ideas and throw things in there. Uh, but then I have my digital ones. Uh, and, you know, over the years, uh, one of the things I, I try to get them and I'm trying to instill this mindset that just capture down whether they're the dumbest ideas. You never know when the ideas might strike. Sometimes, actually, it's interesting. There was this one TED Talk that I came across that I like to share with my students. It's a short one. It's about five minutes. But, you know, just changing your environment and being maybe taking a walk, uh, you might actually come up with an idea because you're it's just changing that environment and also... Uh, uh, sometimes when you're trying too hard to do something, it just doesn't come to you. But it's kind of like that. Uh, you might have heard like sometimes the ideas come to you in the shower. But unfortunately, when you're in the shower, you can't write it down. But actually, probably the walking is maybe the best. Um, uh, you're just you're. And this is like you said earlier, our brains work in kind of magical, mysterious ways. And sometimes when you least expect it, that's when the the eureka moment happens. Yeah, just a way to capture things in time. I mean, if you have your phone with you, you know, say your idea and record it and then type it out later. But you have to be, you have to have the discipline to do that. I mean, I, I can see why if you're actively reading and doing a lot of things, I think it's valuable to have a system where you can retrieve stuff again. Um, but you have to have the discipline to go back and kind of compile it. Yeah and to make it manageable. And I think that's more important than the tool. I mean, you could probably do this on paper if you really want. Yeah, well, I mean, as you see in that index card room, I mean, you can, it seems like you could do it. But with the technology, I think it would make it that much more easier. But yeah, it's just changing that workflow. I mean, uh, a lot of what, you, what you're talking about, I, mean, I could imagine uh, whether you're an instructor, an academic, or even just as a student, like, you know, students are taking notes. What do they do with them after the fact? They probably just refer back, but I, I actually like the fact that, uh, you know, you uh, taking those notes, maybe it's uh, what's in the classroom is the fleeting note kind of moment, and then going back to them, then creating some of those literature notes, and then maybe going and creating some of those more permanent ones. Uh, it's just a matter of changing their overall process, right? And uh, I honestly, I, I think by doing so, I mean, maybe we might even have to bring back our friend, um, Sylvia, and ask her about this because uh, just uh, from what I know about the cognitive processes and uh, memory retention and so on, I, I think just instilling maybe this methodology might actually help them. Hopefully. Yeah. I, uh, I would love to do a workshop to show people how they can add context to what they write. So they're not starting from scratch. I think with this problem, I really want to solve for myself and hopefully solve for others or uh, bring light to is how do you, when you're confronted, when you have to write and you're confronted with a blank page and you don't know what to say, what do you do? It's a lot easier when you've already written five paragraphs and you can start to build on that something. Um, and if we had been proactive, we would have lots to build on and it would be easy to find because it would be linked together and you can start to see why the, the method would be useful. Um, but it requires discipline and foresight and a little bit of training. Yeah, absolutely. Have you come across any for this Zettelcast and are there any books written around this? There's not a lot of books. Uh, I will put some links on the show notes to how to set up Notion and particularly how I did it. Um, 
And there's other tools. I may even scrap Notion and use a simpler tool. It's just a, it's a very complicated way to set it up, but I, I, it's, I, I've been working with this process. It's uh, knowing that I may switch to something that's a little more seamless, but there's some links and there's a lot of communities. I think there's even the Zettelkasten forum. People use this method. They find it very, it's been around for a long time, um, but it's, it's a, it seemed to have, it seems to have gathered more popularity recently at least more mainstream popularity. I, I like the name. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at even the person who came up with the bullet journal. I mean, it, literally, that was just something that they found useful. And uh, now they've made it into a full empire, just selling those books and, uh, you know, getting people behind that yeah. mindset. Uh, and again, it's just a methodology, right? Uh, creating that index and just how you go and write things into the book. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Maybe that'll be your project. Maybe you should create a Zettelkasten on Zettelkasten, the book. Oh my God. So meta. <laughs> well, that's probably a good place to stop. I'm going to get to work on that uh, Zettelkasten, Zettelkasten. I think we have a show title. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Take care, Thanks. Chris. You can learn more about EdTech Examined by going to our website, edtechexamined.com. There, you'll find ways to subscribe, as well as host information, our social media accounts, and our blog posts. Our blog posts are also published through Medium on the EdTech Examined publication. You can contact EdTech Examined by emailing us at hey at edtechexamined.com. If you have an EdTech question you'd like us to answer on a future episode, you can email us or reach us through Twitter using the hashtag EdTechOfficeHours. You can find EdTechExamined on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at EdTechExamined, and we also have a LinkedIn page you can follow. Until next time.